1: Their aim is to educate and entertain. Here's Scott
0: and Jess. Welcome, guys, and happy Wednesday. I feel like you clearing your throat is how we start every podcast now. It's the new way to do it. We have a very special guest with us here today. This is one of our favorite clients. She's uh, been a client of ours for a little bit over a year now, and she owns a very unique breed, a Finnish lap-on. But first, we're going to start with the quirky tip of the day. Now you can squeak. Okay, my quirky tip of the day is... Apple cider vinegar, people. I don't care if you feed uh, kibble or if you feed raw, but apple cider vinegar is very good, very healthy for the dogs. A lot of good benefits. I specifically like the Brags, the. Um, with the mother, if you will, but a little cap of this, if the dogs will tolerate it very um, good for the animals. And I'm really kind of excited because when we had Michael DeBruzzo on, he called us unfiltered uh, when he shared the podcast. So now I just feel like we're raw and unfiltered and just like apple cider vinegar. So if you do not currently give your dog apple cider vinegar, at least once a week, Give them a cap full. The benefits are endless. All yeah, right. Have a shot for yourself, too. Yes, it is. It is very good. A little bit hard, not super palatable. <laughs> we like to do it with some water and some honey and even some lemon if you want. All right. So without further ado, we are welcoming on Magali Sandoval. She has been a client of ours for a year exactly, I feel like. About that. Yeah. yeah. Um, and she has a Finnish lapined, um, which they're the cutest little dogs. We train two at the same time. We'll show you a picture in a little bit, named Maki. So tell us a bit about... How Maki came to be and how you found this very unique breed. It was our first interaction with the breed, I feel like, right?
1: And how you found us, too.
0: Yeah, the whole thing. Just give us give us yeah. the lowdown.
1: We're going to go down there.
0: <laughs> <laughs> We're going to turn it over to Magali. So tell us about Maki's intro and um, your intro to us and all that.
1: Yeah, share us. Share all right,
0: with. let's see. I... Always wanted to have a hiking dog and
2: uh, simultaneously I always had wanted to have the space to own a dog. I wanted to do a lot with a dog. How about that? And when COVID hit, I started working from home and I'm still working from home. And I feel like I have now the time to dedicate myself to a dog how I want it to. Um, me and my boyfriend, we love winter hiking and we wanted a dog that could handle hiking and could handle the cold weather without us having to worry whether it's safe for the dog to be outside in very, very cold weather. We're thinking, talking about minus yeah. 10.
0: Italian greyhounds aren't great for <laughs> winter hiking. So right. this was a good move. Not the Chihuahua. <laughs>
2: um, so yeah, so I was scrolling like very late at night, maybe like at 3 a.m., looking into spits, And I never thought I would get a Spitz if you don't know. That's like the little like tail on the back, like a Pomeranian, all this type of dog, Huskies. I had almost discarded all of them because I felt like there were a lot of dogs. I've never owned a dog in my life, so I felt like I was not prepared for one of them. And then through the midnight scrolling, I got into Finnish Lapun and I kept reading about them. And I thought this might actually be the right dog for me. Like it's a medium sized dog. It seems from the temperament that I'm reading that it's the right dog for us. And lucky us, there was a breeder, uh, in the area for us. We contacted them. They, I think I've had a harder, uh, like, I think this was harder than my hardest job interview. <laughs> <laughs> like, hello, I've never owned a dog. Can I have your dog? Um, so.
0: <laughs> And you got her. And the dogs, they really, we had two at once. They actually were from the same breeder. Chrissy, will you put that photo up real quick? So the people that haven't seen the thumbnail can see. They're the cutest little dogs. They, um. They kind of have like mini husky personalities, but they're a little more biddable than huskies, in my opinion. And they're just beautiful. And they really kind of have this very distinct look. They all pretty much look just like that, right? And
1: Maki yeah. has is smiling at us, right? Yeah,
0: Maki has her tongue open. Very good, okay. honey. <laughs> Maki has her tongue open in the photo that's just for down the in Rockport. Yeah. So, okay. So you got Maki. How long was it from when you contacted the breeder to when you actually got a dog? Oh, probably about a year. Yeah, because that, that's not like an overnight thing, you guys. So everyone listening. Typically, uh, and this isn't always the case, but most if you're people going people
1: go right to pet finder at well, that
0: point, that, well, they don't have a lot <laughs> of the finished lapins and pet finder, but you know, if you do contact someone and they happen to have, you know, a litter on the ground right now, or multiple litters on the ground right now, <clears throat> sometimes that will kind of be kismet and work. But for the most part, you do have to wait for what you want. And that's, it's going to be, you know, six months to a year to even longer sometimes. So that's important to note. Okay. So you get this little puppy into your house. Um, you and Chad are thrilled to have your winter hiking buddy. How did it go? What was the puppyhood like? What was the first you know, year of her life like all of this? I would even say that Probably three months before she came home, we
2: started hardcore looking into the type of training that we wanted to do with the dog. We started looking for materials, books. I was listening to audiobooks on dog training. And I felt like I was ready. The house had been puppy-proofed everywhere. (laughs) She arrived home and I started doing like this kibble thing, calling her name because that's what the book had said. (laughs) We had puppy gates. Well, Normal people would call this baby gates. <laughs> we had gates all over the house. It, we have cats, too. I should have brought that up, too. And
1: Aggressive cats, I
2: might
0: add. <laughs> Rowdy cats. Yeah. Seven pounds
2: of danger. Um, <laughs> but, yeah, we have cats in the house, and their safety was very, very important for us. The way that you guys feel about Jimmy is the way that I feel about one of my cats, etc. So, <laughs> sorry, Mackie. Um But, yeah, so we brought her home, and... Um, she was an odd dog, I would say. She wouldn't
1: didn't respond the way you thought she would. Or
2: she wouldn't like most of the most of the training that I had seen uh, for dogs was very food oriented, and she wouldn't even eat her kibble. So, okay. like, convincing her to eat her kibble was one of the first challenges. We're like, oh, you have to cook boiled meat on top of it, or we have to put cheese on top of it. And, and this was like right from the get go, right from the get go. Okay, and um, doing all her basic obedience which i thought i was capable of doing and i feel like i did a semi-decent job um like i kept up apping up and upping the levels of treats that i was giving to the dog because she would not respond to food and that was literally all i knew <laughs> yeah um she also didn't have basically any toy drive like i would like it didn't matter what i brought i got bark box toys toys i got the cheap ones i got the cat toys i got every single thing in the planet and she Didn't care, Hmm. so it was hard to build that type of relationship with her. Kind of aloof, yes, yeah.
0: And but then she did have drive. (laughs) But then she did have drive to like bark at animals and stuff on the TV and like get into that kind of thing, right? Like they did pop up and maybe. Unopportune times. Let's oh, my say. God. The
2: first time that we thought it was super cute, and in hindsight, we didn't know better. <laughs> uh, she saw, she was probably like this 20 weeks old, like fluffy, angry potato. And she starts barking at Marley and me. And it was a trailer. And Chad and I go, look, it's so cute. She, <laughs> she, laughs she knows it's me. a dog.
0: <laughs> and then that <laughs> and it just, that got less cute over time. Over time. <laughs> and they are
2: bred for barking. So they have a very high... Pitch and annoying bark, and I wouldn't say that barking dogs are nice to listen to, but she's especially not nice to listen to. Yeah. Um, so this started happening quite a bit. She started barking at silhouettes of elephants, uh, the clocking of uh, horses on TV. Uh, she started this started going everywhere. She started barking at dogs when we were uh, walking on a leash. Her leash was just her leash manners were terrible. It didn't matter if I was walking with filet mignon on my hand. She would just not respond uh, when we walked on the street. Um, and I think by the time it started getting extremely bad, she started having fence reactivities. So she started barking. At, uh, and we lived in a dead end. So there was like the one dog <laughs> who walked on the street. And she would just lose her mind. Yeah. And by the time I came to you guys, she had started uh, barking at my cats and that's when i went like uh-uh this <laughs> you're not going near my jimmy <laughs> right you're not going near my cat and this was something we agreed on so now we need urgent help
0: and you guys had friends that had trained with us that were clients right there was a direct referral there yes uh we when we didn't know better about socializing dogs
2: we used to do the let my dog say hi to every dog on the street mm-hmm. and through that Now, when we know poor activity, we actually uh, ended up uh, meeting with Tom and Taylor, who had this lovely puppy about Maki's age, and we saw them go through the same uh, teenager experience in very different ways. Yeah. So Maki was this out-of-control dog, um, whereas Rosie, their dog, was walking great on a leash and was very responsive and was going on off-leash walks and... What we were doing was not having the same effects that that they were seeing, and uh, they highly recommended you guys by the time that we, I think, we were in the pit of despair.
1: But before you got to that point, you were doing agility, right? You were involved in agility?
2: We were involved in agility. We mm-hmm. started going to uh, classes with Maki to see if we could expose her to other dogs and teach her to settle around dogs. We did We did everything. We did scent work. We did a Frisbee seminar. Yeah. We did agility. We did private lessons. We She went to a puppy school. She went to a daycare, which didn't last too long. Two weeks later, she was even more rambunctious than ever. Yeah. Um, so I think we spent a lot of time and a lot
0: of effort uh, on On her, It Mm -hmm. is important to note. I mean, Magali and Chad, they're above and beyond in their dog ownership. Scott has said multiple times throughout this past year, like, oh, my God, I wish everybody was dog owners like Magali and Chad are. Because, you know, they were. They were doing the pre-stuff. It's not like they just got this puppy. They were puppy-proofing the house. They were preparing. They were learning. They were stimulating the dog. They weren't just, you know, expecting the dog to be perfect. They were looking for resources. So you really did go above and beyond. And you were kind of hitting your head against the wall in a certain way, correct? Yes. I felt like it was me. Like I thought if this dog was with somebody else that
2: perhaps she would be better that I was way in over my head when I decided to get a herding
0: dog and
2: I should have just gotten a golden
0: retriever like everybody else (laughs) on the planet. (laughs) It was a tricky, Uh. it was a tricky first dog for sure. So you had originally emailed us or called Scott, I feel like after you heard a podcast episode, right? Yes. Uh, Control creates calm. And
2: that was around the time this uh, couple we know um, had recommended uh, your podcast. That's where we began. And we were very uncomfortable about using tools at the time. And we knew that Rosie was with a, a prong collar. And we, like I in particular, was extremely uncomfortable about that. But I saw she was loved, just as loved as Maki was. So
0: that. It's a Put lot in. of people's headspace. I'm glad you said it. No, it's important <laughs> to And help. we didn't yeah.
1: start with the prong collar. I know you were yeah. uncomfortable with it. And we used that, that rough wear, which was like a martingale style collar, right. but had a little chain on it to make a little bit of noise. And I was able to make some progress with her with that collar. So we worked with that for a while.
2: Yes. And uh, I listened to c- Control Creates call And I think what dawned the heaviest on me was Scott bringing up a point that It shouldn't take more than six months to teach a dog to walk politely on a leash. And also, how are the dogs of the people that you're surrounding yourself with behaving? And everybody, every dog that was around me was just as reactive as Maki was. Like, I would park in the parking lot and there were dogs, like, just jumping into the windows, barking everywhere, like, just getting into the jewelry ring really most dogs were not able to watch the class because all of them were reactive. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was just feeding on itself. And I thought, well, how, like, how am I going to see progress if no dog in here is behaving the way that I want yeah. or to look at. And if, if, they're saying that six months is too much. And like what I'm hearing is that it's at least four years before I can get my dog to walk on a leash. And <laughs> this is crazy. Yeah. <laughs> it's a lot.
0: It's a third of the yeah. dog's life. Yeah. yeah.
1: H- half the dogs have cancer by then.
2: <laughs>
0: Stop right. it. No, but it, it's true. It is important to have a reasonable time frame within your expectations. And I will say, like, you guys did go above and beyond and looking at resources and trying things. And she's not joking. I mean, she cooked filet mignon for the freaking dog for treats. Like, she's not joking at all. So you guys had done, I feel like, an eight pack, right? You did a pack of classes.
1: I believe it was, yeah, we did yeah. eight classes. Together. And
0: things got seemingly better for the most part, correct? Yes. I think the so just the
2: evaluation class with Scott, like we we saw hope. Like the fact that it, like on that same class you did like like CGC uh, exercises passing Jimmy and just behaving well. And I feel like during that class, it was more me who needed help. Like, I'll be completely honest, but I went to bed crying that night. I was like, oh, my God, what are we doing to this dog? And Tad is like, she was behaving perfect. Like, this is exactly what you wanted. Yeah. I was like, oh.
0: Yeah. And that was the rough wear and just working a dog from the neck, mostly. That was the concern. And, And was that more in your headspace or what you had read and learned previously? Like, where do you think this, like, ideal came from?
2: It was definitely what I had read and heard before. Okay, like it seemed like the entire media that surrounded me was telling me that I was breaking my relationship with my dog. Yeah, You're whereas just a dog abuser now. No. Yeah, basically. Yeah, and, and what I was seeing in real life was completely different. Like my dog was listening to me for the first time. Yeah, like my dog. Like I was not stuffing cheese down her mouth to get anything out of her. She over time, like I would say, by the end of the of the package, like she. We could have stopped there. I just wanted more.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah. So and so yeah. so you guys were clients, you were doing one on one privates with Scott, and I don't even I hadn't even <clears> met <throat> you at that point. I didn't tag along for anything. And Scott would bring different dogs to your home and you guys would work through some distractions and the reactivity of the animals and everything. That got a lot better for the most part, correct? Absolutely. Okay. We also
1: met at some public parks. We yeah. got out in the world. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's helped. true.
0: And <laughs> they sent us the sweetest Christmas card with Maki and Jimmy and everything on it, or it was a thank you card. It was very yeah. cute. It's still on our fridge.
1: But that was tough when we were out in the public space. And there was a lot of activity out there and Maki it was good because it was like, okay, now we get a she was good in your yard and in that controlled environment, but getting her out in the world, she was stimulated for sure out there. We had to reel her back in a little bit.
0: Yeah, Great. and these are strong little dogs. I mean, they look very cute, but they are you know they have some spot to them. They definitely have drive to them.
1: I will say that um, Magali sent a video to us of one of these dogs herding a reindeer. <laughs> And they have some character. Yeah, yeah. They don't care about a reindeer <laughs> squaring up on them. They yeah. just bark, 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 yeah. get your ass to the rest they're, of the herd.
0: They're bred for a purpose. And yeah. they're not a joke here in this country either. So then we ended up doing a board and train together. And that was, I don't know, a few months after the classes. You guys had planned it with a trip. I don't remember how it worked. Yes. Okay. All right. So you and Chad, they're big outdoors people. Chad's flying out of, he's skydiving out of every plane in America. Um, so you guys had gone and done like your own little trip during that time. And then we had Maki, I think we did a two week with her. So how was that experience for you? I know you dropped off at the house, but just to to relate to people how that went, you can be honest again, if you cried that night too, you can tell us (laughs) we're all about open and honesty on the podcast. No, I didn't. I think, um, I think the cats loved it. She were like, finally.
2: Um, <laughs> a little break. <laughs> well, you guys also have a podcast of what should a board and train should look like. Uh-huh. So I think it solved a lot of my questions. Of what. And I know you're not doing that about just your pod, just your board and train. You say what in general they should yeah. have. But it solved a lot of my questions of what should I expect uh, out of this. Um, like, was she going to be in a crate all day? Was she going to wear a knee collar? Which was one of some of the questions that we had. Uh, By that time, I was really sold on on just trusting you guys through the whole process. So I really just enjoyed skiing a lot for two weeks.
1: (laughs) Well, and the nice thing was that most clients do not come to our home with the dog Mm. to see where the dog is going to be staying. And you guys did want to come and and see the house and whatnot. And we've had several people come. that People are welcome to come and see. But I think that helped maybe ease your mind a little bit too, seeing that the dog was going to be in our home with the dog. Yeah, and
0: that's and a topic that we brought up in the board and Train podcast, and we bring up, if you are working with someone, obviously we don't have just local to New England listeners. If you are working with someone throughout the country and they will not allow you to at least come to their training space or come to where your dog is housed. I'm not saying that you're able to like go in the back room and, you know, see all of that, but literally like even when we had our facility, they could still look through the window to see where all the dogs were housed. That to me is a little bit of a red flag. It's not that people are bad dog owners that just trust us and say, yes, pick up and bring the dog home, but you should be welcome into the environment. Your dog will be staying in. I mean, your dog is a family member. She's. Similar to a child in a lot of ways for you guys. Like, this was a big deal. This is a big step. And I think... There were a couple
2: moments that I was like, who is my dog alive? Like that anxiety. And roughly around the time I was like this close to text (laughs) Scott, I would get a picture or a video. I was
0: like, all right, still alive. Okay, check. Good, good. We're going. And that is something too. Open communication is a big deal. And if you guys do provide a service like this, I've said it before and I'll say it again, but we try to get ahead of the clients texting us. I mean, we're, we're pretty quick to cut off people that want to text us three times a day and be like, you know, what's going on now and what's she doing now and how's it going now? But You know, every few days we want to be the ones initiating communication and sending something and making sure that people are feeling good and giving an update and everything else. So we had her. It was great to have two at the same time because we were able to see some variations in temperament and stuff when they still had some similar genetics. And for the most part, I would say it was a little bit of a run-in-the-mill, run-of-the-mill board and train. However, I saw her anxiety pop up with us more so than I would with a few other dogs. I would, I would She definitely had
1: a lot of anxiety. Yeah.
0: And like, and the way that would manifest itself is like one day I needed a top loader because I don't know, some space issue or something that was going on. I don't remember why. And like, literally I put a piece of coroplast on top of a crate and then I put her crate on top of another dog and she like stood for like, maybe four to six hours, like, oh, my God, like, what am I doing? Like, why am I this high above the ground? You know, and I just saw these little things about her that were kind of bubbling up. So did you guys experience any anxiety with her before you brought her to us or during training or throughout her life? And what did that look like for you? Absolutely.
2: Uh, When you put that example, I was thinking that uh, car rides for her, Uh, she would stand like the entire car ride and just pant and pant and pant and drool and drool and drool. Now she's in the crate, so I'm not really sure if she's standing up, but. (laughs) The crate's not soaked with drool when she (laughs) arrives her destination. That's usually usually my proof. Like, oh, okay, it's not soaked, so it's probably fine. Yeah,
1: when I I saw the crate you guys bought for the dog, I knew.
0: They're all in. Yeah, I
1: mean, you didn't just get a, you know, a berry kennel for a hundred bucks. You know, the best quality crate you could find in the back, you know, and I was like, they're they're committed. Yeah, yeah, exactly.
0: And it was part of them being so committed why I think the journey went as well as it did and why I think you had every right to kind of look externally and look elsewhere for help because you wanted certain things. And one of the main things you wanted was to frickin' hike with your dog off leash. Like this to me is a pretty, you know, basic level need for a dog owner. And this was your original intent to get a dog. So explain a little bit of that journey before we had gotten her for board and train. She really was not off leash at all, right? We were doing everything but hiking. Like, I think we,
2: like, the idea of taking her hiking would include waking up at 3 a.m. to see if we could find a trail. We would found, like, this complex, like, ski-drawing, bike-drawing harnesses so that when she pulled us, she wouldn't kill one of us (laughs) (laughs) because she pulled yeah um but we were doing everything but hiking and you
1: didn't want to run into other dogs that's why you get up so early
2: right we we would wake up super early so we didn't run into other dogs i still try to wake up kind of early because i don't trust other dogs but now i trust her which is different like at the time she was the offender like i was embarrassed like she would i remember there was one time she was on a little she was on my her way to be dropped off to you guys actually when she saw a pack of i would say like seven off-leash really big dogs i don't know maybe i'm exaggerating and in my head they look like all like kind of courses maybe they were all labs but they look yeah. like kind of courses all down my head and she starts barking at all of them at the same time and i'm like oh my god <laughs>
0: <laughs> this is not gonna end well is <laughs> not gonna end well what are you thinking
2: like it was really embarrassing and she kept doing this type of thing so we just started instead of making her work world really large which is when we wanted to just keep closing it close it in close it in uh we were trying to go specifically to just disadvancing, which she would only go from the car to the event and not interact with anything. So she was very, very sheltered because we were so embarrassed about how she behaved.
0: Yeah. yeah. Okay, so then we do board and train. And after that... What was that like for you guys? And this is not a sale for our board and Train program. This is really just Magali's, you know, experience. And really, her experience to me is really vast because we've been with her now for a full year. And we just did a follow-up the other day. Like, and we freaking, I follow her on Instagram. Maki has her own Instagram page, like the whole thing. So I really just kind of wanted to impart her story because I think it's a lot of people's story. So you pick Maki up from board and Train. What is that like for you and Chad? You're in the cats, really.
2: (laughs) I think the cats were really sad.
0: Um, but, yeah, we picked her
2: up, and, well, we got to adjust to the um, uh, e-collar training. That was new for us, and, honestly, I never realized how humane the whole experience was. I remember Scott comes, and he actually uh, uh, tested the e-collar. On yeah, me. that's all he says is,
0: oh, open your hand. He doesn't have any question. He's like, come on, open your hand. You're going to do this to your dog. You're going to do this to you. And I was like, really? Like, this was what
2: I was making a big deal about? Like, it seemed like at least I can control the stimuli that I'm giving, whereas when I'm frustrated with a leash, like, she's just going to get the level of frustration of my poor, like, leash handling skills at the moment, right? Like, the more aroused she is, perhaps the worse I'm also behaving.
1: Good way to describe it. (laughs) Like,
2: like at least she gets a constant input from, like, I don't have you guys' leash skills. So that, to me, started being like, oh, I can be constant in what I'm uh, communicating. Communicating. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, Some of the other things that we started seeing, like, she... Oh my god, her her leash skills like I wouldn't say that we were bad at this point. She was just supreme. Like I would, like I remember the first time I saw Jimmy, and like now I look at Markie and I feel like we're getting basically the same type
0: of dog. Like well, it's she's just
1: better a- behaved than Jimmy. <laughs> <laughs>
0: well, at least you are being honest. I don't
1: let too many people see him in action. <laughs>
2: But the biggest thing for me was not just the leash skills, not just passing dogs, the heel. Like, I feel like there were a lot of things that we were building up to. There was something that I had zero hope of anybody ever being able to help us, and was the TV reactivity. Mm -hmm. And, um, I think the first time that it, like, we were, we can like we can map you out all the TV shows that don't have dogs in the history <laughs> they, of her. Or they were like hiding and watching their dog like, shows somewhere else in the house. <laughs> right. Like we just hated like this emu commercial of this insurance company. like <laughs> Pause! <laughs> um, but like we we had mapped out of, like, oh, if it's in a hospital, it's likely that there are no dogs in the hospital, yeah. right? So that's what we were watching all this time and like, like, oh, let's try. Let's try to watch The Walking Dead, which starts with some horses. Yeah. And she saw the horse and she started panting, but she didn't Park. Yeah, and we're like oh well that's surprising and over time we started just watching TV like normal people without like walking on eggshells and to this Didn't. day like right now she she still demonstrates some discomfort but it's like normal things like she she will if she's not in her bed like she'll jump to the couch late next to me and do the whine whine yeah. turn around and like oh if I don't look at the TV it's fine Yeah, she <laughs>
0: just started she, like needs to remove the distraction for herself did, and we,
1: did we send you the bill for having her debark I can't remember
2: <laughs> Oh, she still barks, trust me. She barks just like a seal then.
0: Yeah, and I Um, think even like that first weekend or something, you're literally like texting us or messaging me and you're like, We watched Babe. Like you were like, you were literally like, you were just like, we just went all in. Like we're watching Babe and it's going well. And so that was really like your, oh my gosh, I couldn't believe it moment. That's really what wowed you more than anything.
2: Right. More than anything. uh, Her recall was probably my second in line of this dog has no hope on ever having a recall train. I can tell you exactly how much it takes the tide to come up at Lynn. Uh, from a certain point to another, other one, roughly an hour, uh, <laughs> because I made the mistake of letting her off-leash before she had uh, much training, and there were seagulls on the other side, and she decided to go chase seagulls for 40 minutes while I sat on the sand, waiting for the tide to come up. That's frustrating. <laughs> yeah.
0: It was Yeah, it was You pathetic. had gone through a lot, and now... Like, you guys are hiking off-leash. Like, you have a pretty full life, I would say. It's pretty well-rounded, no? It's just unbelievable. And
2: it, the more, like, the more that I trust that I have in her, that she's going to listen to me, the more confident that we will both work. And I feel like this is... Like, it builds up on her. Like, I, if I confidently, like, I knew, I know she's going to heal. And I feel like she knows that I'm walking confident through this exercise. And we just passed by dogs that are, like, at the end of their leash, like, trying to eat her face. And she doesn't even blink yeah, an eye. She's and it's a perfect
0: <laughs> girl. Yeah. <laughs>
2: it's just unreal. And now I know that she's going to do fine. I feel like before, I would have been like, oh, my God, there's a dog coming. And, like, prepare all the, like, whatever, like, crazy treat I had of the day. Like, whatever filet mignon I had yeah. that day. <laughs> and now we just walk, like. That's another thing we noticed uh, after the board and train. We we have a Bark Box subscription, and we uh, went through more than one package of uh, treats uh, per. You see, like we had to go to the pet store and buy more yeah. packages. And now they actually last us more than the same next box. Like i was like, oh, I. Can- How
1: was the food drive? Is she? Is it better?
2: It is considerably better. Yeah. Uh, we changed her feeding schedule from twice a day to once a day, and mm-hmm. uh, we we diminish a little bit the amount of food that she has. So she went from being a chunky little girl to an actually <laughs> an actually fit dog. <laughs> the vet uh, praised her weight. Good. Uh, good so and she was a little good.
0: heavy, but I do think sometimes that's secondary to the anxiety too. Is that? The dogs, I don't know if they're overstimulated or whatever else, but no matter what you're offering, they don't necessarily Mm want to eat. But it also makes things very hard to reinforce. So I think that's an important point. So when you just went to the vet, was this a new vet? Because you guys have recently moved. Was this a brand new vet? Brand new vet. Okay. And they were like impressed by her, right? Like I saw this post on Instagram. I was all proud. (laughs) They referred to the best dog that they've ever seen. Uh, (laughs) She was a
2: good girl. And when we were paying uh, doctors that were not the... the, our, our doctor actually started leaving their office. I was told that there's a really good dog.
0: (laughs) (laughs) People get excited now and professionals, especially to see a well-behaved dog. So, and that gives you, I'm sure a sense of pride and a sense of relief, I guess, in a sense, because now you have this two-year-old dog who is the cutest breed who everyone wants to see and meet and everything else. And you have, you know, a decade to 15 years now of, like, whatever you want, basically. I feel like the sky's the limit, in a sense. I feel like, like, everything, like, it feels like the world is ours kind of thing. Like, yeah. before
2: putting her leash on and going for a walk was, like, oh, my God, who's going to walk the dog? Is it your turn. Like, it's my yeah. turn. A lot of stress. And, right. And now it's like, oh, I can go and enjoy a walk dog. I walk with my dog. Yeah, which is, which is not the basic enjoyable. stuff:
0: off-leash control, walking with the dog, being able to watch any show you want that isn't a doctor show. I <laughs> these are little things, and and this is kind of how the dog starts to control things, and you don't realize. So, I want to go back to a little bit, just your journey and just your headspace and everything, because it's not necessarily that Scott was trying to brainwash you and be like, you know, we have to up the equipment and everything else. So, how did that look like for you, and what was kind of the turning point for you that made it like? Okay, I've been trying this, you know, purely positive stuff, and it's just, you know, I'm hitting a wall. Like, I just kind of want you to walk through that a little bit more in detail, just because, especially now that you told us you cried. So, (laughs) you have more street cred about. Uh, A lot of my clients (laughs) are crying, trust me. (laughs) I cried too. Maybe it's just Scott around women. Who knows? All right.
2: So, tell me that. Like, she had a martingale already. I mean, she was really fluffy, so it was just a safety thing. And Scott actually trained her with Joe's the martingale that she had at a time. It was not even the little chain. uh, Okay, we didn't even
0: go to the roughware yet. It was just her. We we got there
2: eventually but it was just her collar that she was wearing and she did so good that I was like okay I feel like he knows what he's talking about (laughs) (laughs) so I'll trust him with the next step and as we continue seeing progress I feel like I just it was just a matter of trust that this dog was getting to a healthier brain space that she had been her entire life and to the point that I'll actually, like, fast forward to today. And I told Chad the other day, like, wow, this dog naps a lot. She must be really lazy. Like, it must be age. And he said something that it just dawned on me. He says, no, she's just not anxious all the time yeah. anymore. So she can actually relax.
0: Yeah. No, it's be true. A dog. <laughs> it's true. And that is part of it. And I think we, we miss this point. Sometimes we attribute this to drive or overexcitability or young dog or whatever else. But it is true. Like, dogs just being able to, like hang out or being able to sleep. I mean, I'll be the first one to tell you, I had a few years, even when we were podcasting, I was an insomniac like crazy. If you're running pretty high with your anxiety, you're not sleeping as much. And you're you're overthinking. And in Maki's case, you're panting. So this is so true. And so to the point that yes, like she can rest, she can have, you know, time at home where she's just chilling out. And it's not like she's always just on a place, like she's choosing on her own accord to be sprawled out on the couch or on the bed and just resting. So I think that's beautiful. And I appreciate you speaking to that point. And I do think trust in the trainer is a huge thing, but also Magali was looking at her dog and saying like, okay, is my dog, is this for the better or for the worst for my dog? And is her life improving? Is her world expanding? Is it getting more closed off? And I mean, I'm super proud of you guys. You came to one of my seminars a few months ago, you were standout. She was super well-behaved. You guys still are great dog owners. She does a ton of trick training. They do a ton of, you know, enrichment hikes. You do everything you can for this dog. You give her the best life possible. But she's also, I feel like, living up to her end of the deal a little more than oh, she absolutely. was. Oh, absolutely. And
2: my cat approved of her two days ago. They oh, He, he <laughs> napped next to her, which was unbelievable. <laughs> and because she enjoys napping now, she was like, oh, this is fine. And yeah. they just chilled. Good, yeah, good. So you, we,
1: know you know what I really enjoy about you and Chad is that you're outdoor people... You want to go hiking. Like a lot of people, they get a dog and they think, oh, I'm going to get a dog so that I can go hiking. You guys like to be outdoors and do outdoor stuff. And you wanted the dog to be a part of that. Because I can remember getting some pictures from you guys after the boarding train. You're up in Vermont. You get the dog off leash. It's like just the sun is just coming up. It's like (laughs) five in the morning in the snow. (laughs) They're out there like... You can that's tell. Them. See, yeah, you guys had gotten up at like 4, 4.30 in the morning, put all your gear on, went to a place, started hiking up the side of a mountain or something with your dog, and you think that's fun. Yes. Now, a lot of people, that's not their idea of fun, but Jess and I like to get out and do a lot of stuff like that with our dogs, too. So it was really cool that you could go do what you like to do, have the dog doing what you originally were hoping, envisioning for your dog, and you guys are able to... And you have the dog like sitting on a rock somewhere, like... 20 yards from you and and it's just cool to see, you know. Yeah.
0: Scott likes the Instagram pictures. He's really, he's really leaned in the Maki's Instagram page. I like, to see, people, I like page. to
1: see people enjoying their dogs yeah, and no, getting it's out true. and doing stuff. It's true. Know? And
0: you guys are exceptional dog owners. Again, I said it earlier, but I cannot tell you how many times we've said, like, oh, if everybody was just like Magali and Chad, because you really do want to invite the dog in and you really do want the dog to be a part of the family and just live life with your freaking dog. The dog is not a second thought or the dog is not a hassle. And now you're even considering maybe adding another canine member to the family, which is a huge thing for you guys. Insane, definitely. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> what was that?
1: What your the duck tolling retriever? Yeah, that's that's Yeah,
0: that's, that's what she's considering. But it's just awesome. it's such an interesting journey that. Like, you know, this dog who was really reactive, who you felt like was, oh my gosh, it's going to be too much dog. Now you're considering maybe even getting a second dog, which is awesome. You know,
1: it'd be cool. Tell Chad that he should take her skydiving, with <laughs> the harness, have a her right here.
2: <laughs> I, I do that in the elevator
0: box. crate is enough. <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, thank you so much for your tidbits on this. I just think it's really important for people to, one, be able to trust who they're working with. Again, we're going on like a year relationship here with them and it's not going anywhere. We keep in touch Way all longer the time. Than I'm comfortable with. (laughs) This is is a long-term relationship for Scott. And, you know, also, like, the communication is open. Like, I have no problem being like, hey, I saw that she went to a groomer. How did it go? And Mm -hmm. you have no issue, you know, texting us about questions and everything else. So I think trust is a huge thing. And then just about... Really, what is the realistic expectation for what you want for this dog and how long is that going to take to get there? And I do agree that when we're talking, you know, two to four years for something like loose leash walking, that may be too long for a lot of people. So be sure to look outside, you know, your network of who you're currently working with. Look for people that you trust, look for referrals, everything else, and maybe step outside your comfort zone. You certainly did. And I feel like it worked in your favor. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. All right. All right. Thanks so much. Anything we missed, honey?
1: No, I'm glad that you could could take some time and uh, do the podcast. Yeah, and we're not
0: recommending that everyone get a finished lap on, even though they're the cutest dogs ever. But it really is a testament to Magali being a first-time dog owner, having this breed that is not super easy, and her and Chad working through stuff. And now, like you said, the world is your oyster. You can do anything you want. You can even go to the beach during (coughs) seagull hour. It's crazy. We can, yes. (laughs) Where there's a will, there's a way. The sky's the limit. I'm doing that one for Chad. It's a little bit of a pun. All right, thanks so much for joining us this week, you guys. If you guys are curious about working, with Scott and I personally for some reason our service area goes from Portland, Maine to Boston, Massachusetts to Manchester, New Hampshire I feel like when you guys watch it's the other way maybe I'll try to change it and in the meantime thank you so so much from Magali for coming on and we love Maki dearly and you guys keep it quirky <coughs> take care guys